Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark. Fellas, it's been a long summer, long run-up to the start of college football, and I know everybody's got to be ready to get this season cranked up today. Yeah, I know I definitely am. Uh, Chris, I bet you are too. Um, we, we've been talking – I mean, we've talked about the South Carolina team for months and months and months. I'm excited that we're actually having the chance to talk about a matchup, another team, an opponent – an actual game. Hey, after after a few hours, we're going to actually be able to talk about what happened on the field, which uh, will, will be pretty fun for me, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be uh, a lot of fun to see some football. Got a little taste uh, with the Thursday night slate, the Friday night slate. Uh, of course, today won't be all that compelling with a lot of the national matchups, and those will improve as the season goes on. But, man, it, it seems like this has been one of the longer off-seasons ever just because I think there's so much anticipation, especially in Columbia, about this season. Uh, so I'm ready to get it kicked off and rolling and, and see how South Carolina, uh, the version of the 2018 Gamecocks, looks starting today. So let's talk about that, Chris. Up-tempo offense, how much different will the offense be now that the team has had a full spring and a full fall camp? to put that offense in place and work on it, up-tempo. How much of a difference are we going to see, fellas? I mean, I think it's going to be pretty significant what we actually see from the tempo. I mean, th- there were some times that South Carolina operated with it, but not a lot. I mean, they, they did it more in practice than they did in games. Um, Will Muschamp has not been happy with the tempo through his first two years. The first year was a little bit of a wash because of the inexperience overall, whether you talk about production or tempo, but he wanted to go faster last season, and above all, he wanted to have more production as far as scoring points, and so in his mind, I mean, those two were a bit tied in, and they wanted to do some things philosophically different as well, and that's why we saw a change, so it'll still be a, you know, a spread attack. Some of the plays will be similar, but I think you'll see some more creativity, some different things in the run game. I think you'll see more of an effort to a, take some deep shots, and B, to sort of take what the defense gives you in the passing game. You know, maybe even more of an emphasis on the RPOs. Um, you know, the offensive line, by all accounts, has improved. They're they're healthy on offense, healthier than they've been in a while at every position, really, and, and have some skill position guys that can make things happen in space or run in the football. So, um, you know, I think to some degree we're not entirely sure what the offense is going to look like just as far as how the game's called I think we'll find a lot more out about that you know today and and the next couple weeks we'll have a better feel for it but uh, they're going to operate pretty fast not all the time uh, but this is a team that's going to be on the ball trying to put pressure on the defense for the most part yeah I think uh, you know to jump in Chris with what you said there at the end I I think one of my biggest uh, I I guess curiosities is just uh, how, how often are they going to be going fast? You, you know, I, I think this is a situation where we're going to see um, 
they're going to have the ability to go fast uh, at all times. But I, I still, I don't think this is going to be, you know, Oregon five years ago. But I, I think just the, you know, the threat of the tempo, having the ability to naturally change tempos uh, to, uh, you know, Muschamp keeps using the phrase dictate the tempo of the game. You know, I think if you get a first down, if you can get to the line of scrimmage, put the defense on their heels after that, then that uh, that really can can work into your favor. So I, I think you look at really an opportunity to uh, to do those type things. They didn't really have that before Emerson. So I, I think um, we're, you know we're going to see some aggressiveness. I think in the play calling, maybe more shots. Um, you hope you know maybe more creativity. But overall, uh, you know I, I don't think this is going to be just a tempo 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 team that tries to you know, have 100 plays in a game either. Huh. Well, we will see a change. Obviously, this is the reason Kurt Roper was let go at the end of the regular season last year because the Gamecocks want to improve and be more creative on offense. Brian McClendon has promised up-tempo, and I agree. I think we're going to see more shots downfield. Jake Bentley has said repeatedly that he likes to throw the ball deep. He prides himself on his ability to throw it deep, and the Gamecocks have several talented receivers that should give him plenty of opportunity to do that. I'm interested to see offensive line play too, West. The move of Donnell Stanley to center is intriguing and looks promising. I like Donnell Stanley, and I think the offensive line can be better this year than it's been in some time. And if the line play is good, South Carolina has the potential to have a strong year offensively. Now, most of the questions about this 2018 team center around the defense. How good is the D-line going to be? We've heard that they've improved pass rush ability with just the front four. If South Carolina can get pass rush with just that front four, that's going to make life a lot easier for everyone this season. How will the defense look now that Sky Moore has moved on? The loss of a leader like Sky Moore, I believe, is a concern. And who can make plays at safety? Safety continues to be a position of big concern. The Gamecocks brought in a couple of grad transfers to try to shore up that position. But outside of Stephen Montag, we really don't know what we're going to get at safety coming into today. Yeah, you know, I think it's been interesting, Emerson, how how much we have talked about you know, the offense and the, the Tuesday press conference, you know, and, and with the players talking before that, I, I, w- I honestly wish I had counted how many times the phrase, the new offense, uh, you know, w- was muttered because it's been the talk of the entire offseason. But uh, because of that, this defense has kind of been uh, overshadowed or under the radar. And I, I think there are some question marks of this defense, but I, I mean, I, I remember distinctly at this exact time last year talking about um, how the offense might have to carry this team to start the year while the defense sort of finds its way. And then that that was somewhat true, I guess, against NC State. But for the most part, this defense under Will Muschamp and Javaris Robinson, this defense just finds a way. You know, they, uh, they, they create turnovers. They uh, are good at, at red zone defense and forcing field goals. And, um, you know, yes, they lose some guys, and Muschamp's talked about the safety position being a concern. Emerson, I I think some of that is just because it's kind of his baby. You know, that's his actual position group. So he he maybe is a little bit harder on those guys than other spots. So I I think the starting 11 on defense still has a chance to be really, really good. Um, And and I'm curious to see all, all this talk about the offensive scheme changes. Obviously, it's not going to be like wholesale defensive scheme changes, but 
you know, coaches, uh, they tweak their schemes every single year. So I, I'm curious to see what, what changes do we see from this South Carolina defensive scheme this season. All right, and what about special teams? Wes, talk about the kicking game, particularly place kicking. The Gamecocks were not good on field goals over 40 yards last year. The punting game should be strong. Joseph Charlton, the AC Flora product, gives Carolina a good athletic punter who's one of the best in the SEC, if not the entire country. And the return game should be outstanding with Debo back healthy. He might be the best kick returner in the country. But place kicking, Wes, has got to be better, especially on field goals from distance. Well, I think uh, it has to come from a number of different areas there. I I think, first of all, um, you know, Parker White with a season under his belt, maybe more confidence. um, You know, all all that stuff helps. He was thrown out there, first time kicking. He was, you know, in some high-pressure spots and, uh, you know, you look at his numbers, I, I think you say uh, inside 40 yards, uh, you know, he was, I think, 10 of 11, Emerson. So uh, he, he was very accurate from short range. And uh, I think uh, you have to have improvement from him. You have to have improvement from the snappers and the holders as well. Not all the misses are on him. And, and then I think you maybe have to consider changing up your philosophy a little bit. Now, if he if he hits a bunch of you know, if he hits a few 45-yarders early in the season and gets his confidence up, then, uh, you know, maybe this isn't the case. But if this offense is as good as we think it is and it's fourth and three from the 33-yard line, uh, you know, are you more confident kicking a 50-yard field goal or are you more confident just saying, hey, um, we're we're confident in this offense to get a first down. Let's just go for it. So uh, I think you may be – see a little bit of trade-off there with a, a better offense, at least on paper, to where you're, you're maybe not having to ask Parker White to kick so many of these long field goals because that, that's really when he got himself in trouble. And it's it's not that he didn't have the leg. I mean, the distance was there, but uh, just the, the accuracy uh, sort of dropped off a little bit from that distance. And a lot of these kisses or kicks, I should say, were, uh, were near misses, Emerson. Yeah, well, you don't get any points for near misses, but you know, and I'll be honest with you, Wes. Well, well they're not—they're not shanks. I'm saying, like these, the, he kicks through the ball smoothly. It—it it means it's a small adjustment as opposed right, to right. just being—you just can't. If you, if you can't kick it from there, you just can't kick it from there. Uh, yeah, and White was better from inside of forty than I—I I think I remembered, and that maybe I gave him credit for. So. And the, the kicking game was not atrocious last year. Wes, it simply needs to be better. I mean, the Gamecocks, about, they got to be able to get three when they need three, and sometimes that kick may be from more than 40 yards. So I just think this is a, an area of concern for the fans. We've often said that, you know, you're not going to win games with field goals, but you can win a game with a field goal late. So that's just an area that uh, the Gamecocks would like to be able to do that, obviously. So, I do think Parker White will be better. I think a lot of that last year was kind of first-year jitters and just not not having a lot of game experience. And I do expect the kicking game to be better this year. But, you know, it's all speculation until we see it on the field, which we're about to do. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Exactly. (laughs) I've got some more thoughts on the defense, Wes. And I think maybe the most underrated issue or or storyline of 2018 is the return of Bryson Allen Williams. I'm not sure that he has gotten enough love. I know it's sort of an out of sight, out of mind issue. We didn't see him the second half of last season and people have kind of forgotten about him to some extent. But to me, this is maybe the biggest story of 2018. The return of Debo is obviously big. Carolina's got everybody back on offense. I think fans feel good about the offense coming into the year. 
but the defense is where there are some questions and the return of Bryson Allen Williams makes a big difference to me, Wes. I think we forget how much experience this guy's got, number one, and the fact that he is a game changer. He is the type of player that can pursue the quarterback. We know he's a good coverage linebacker, and he just does a lot of different things that are going to make the Gamecocks better defensively, I believe, in 2018. Yeah, and I think uh, you look at the skill set there and the, the fact that um, you know this is a team that didn't really consistently – get to the quarterback last year they they were improved I think but um you know I, I think the the loss of Bryson Allen Williams for this team was probably bigger than than we've talked about because he is a true pass rusher he can get to the quarterback and you know I think you look at the the opportunity to put DJ Wanham you know sort of as a pass rusher on one side and Bryson Allen Williams as a pass rusher on the other side um you know regardless of of what position you call it um you know it, is is Wanham coming from, you know, the buck position or a true defensive end, or is Bryce Allen Williams coming from the buck or, uh, you know, the Sam linebacker spot? You know, those are just names we use, but if you get the both get both of them on the field at the same time, have them rushing the passer from opposite ends, or you move them around, they just they really give you a lot of versatility. And I, I think Bryson has that natural edge rush ability. Now you add that with the fact that he has played He's a mature kid, both uh, mentally and physically. He's he's gotten bigger, stronger, faster since he arrived at South Carolina. Um, you know, this, this kid I, I think is probably poised for a a big season for them. So Debo's back healthy. Bryson Allen Williams returns defensively for the Gamecocks. Virtually everybody's back offensively, and the Gamecocks have signed a couple of three pretty good recruiting classes in the short time that Will Muschamp has been the head coach. So. Wes, this is a Gamecock football team that won nine games a year ago. And with everybody coming back and the improvements on both sides of the football that we expect to see in 2018, you know, I've drawn the conclusion early on here that the Gamecocks are an underrated football club coming into this season, not ranked in either poll in the AP uh, or the coaches poll to start the season. And, you know, I'm not really sure why that is, but I think it's a good spot for South Carolina to be in. Oh, yeah, and I think that's something you uh... – you probably use internally uh, that the fact that you're not a top 25 team. I, now, I do think even with it being coastal, if South Carolina looks good this week, I mean, they're right on the cusp already of being a top 25 team. All, all it's going to take is a couple of losses in the top 25, um, and, and maybe South Carolina inches into the, you know into the top 25 right there on the edge and, and sets up uh, the, the top 25 matchup next week that everybody in the fan base is already – starting to look ahead towards, and nobody in the football program is, but I, I think everybody already sort of has their eye on uh, on that game. Yeah, and, you know, it, depending on what happens with the Georgia game, you know, I think if the Gamecocks win against Coastal in convincing fashion, which they're expected to do, South Carolina is about a 30-point favorite today. And then, you know, if the Gamecocks can find a way to beat Georgia, if it's by one or if it's by 21, I don't think it much matters. But you win those two, and I think Carolina's not only in the top 25, they might be, you know, around 15th in the country or something like that. But we're, we're getting ahead of us, ourselves here, Wes, and the team has tried all summer not to do that. Debo said repeatedly at media days, we're not talking about Georgia. We're not talking about Georgia. And here we are, the season hasn't even started. We're already talking about Georgia. But that's a big game, Wes. First shots fired in the SEC East national TV game next Saturday. So important for the Gamecocks to handle business today. Should be a chance for the Gamecocks to get a lot of people on the field and find out what some of these young players can do. And that'll be important moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's only natural for us to go ahead and look ahead at that. But I think, um, like you said, not not to 
not to sort of just assume South Carolina is going to blow out Coastal, but I know it would sure be nice for them to be able to, if, if you're looking at it from the coach's perspective, and that you, you want to maybe get some guys out on the field. You want to have an opportunity to uh, throw a guy into the mix on your own terms before you have to maybe throw him into the mix because the you know a, a guy getting injured dictates it. So uh, I think you look at this game, you know, you, you really hope you feel really good at halftime and can start to think about getting guys out later in the second half and, and, and find a way to get some of these freshmen on the field. Because, some, I mean, some of them are going to be out there anyway. Uh, and, and to me, for, for fans and, you know, for media as well, uh, to me that's one of the most intriguing things about the new season is seeing these young guys for the first time and seeing how they react to, to being out on the field. And, you know, we, we don't really get to see a bunch of practices anymore. We don't really get a, a, a eye on these guys as much as we used to. So um, there, there's a lot of just new stuff and new guys to, to watch uh, in the game. So, Wes, one of the new players that we could see today is Josh Belk, the young man from Louisville High School, Richburg, South Carolina. Started his career at Clemson but did not play, transferred to South Carolina, and was cleared by the NCAA just a couple of days ago. Just this week, we found out Josh Belk is eligible for the Gamecocks right now. So this is uh, one of the players that you know we could see today, and there's been concerns about you know what kind of shape he's in at 359 pounds. I think Muschamp you know, talked about uh, the fact that he's going to need to trim down a little bit, much like Javon Kinlaw needed to last year. But Kinlaw did it, and we have every reason to believe that Josh Belk can too. Yeah, and I think you you look at Josh Belk, and uh, I think the way Muschamp said it is that you know it's a long season, and uh, is he ready to step in there and play a ton of snaps right now? No, but do you get him on the field and, and start that process? I, I think so. And this is a kid from everything I've heard. Emerson has shown flashes in practice. Uh, this is a country strong individual. You know, he is just naturally uh, able to hold the point of attack. Uh, you know, I, I heard the the term immovable at times. That uh, you know, he just he's not going to be that that defensive end that that knifes into the backfield every time and, and sacks the quarterback. But you need these guys who can hold the point of attack, who can anchor the middle, who can take up a double team and, and just not be moved. And I, I think that's what Belt gives them maybe early on. It might be five snaps in a game. But as the year goes on, and and depending on matchup, man, I, I mean, against some of these run-based teams, that, that fits his skill set maybe a, a bit better and in some goal line situations, short yardage, that fits him a bit better than a team that's just going to spread you out completely and, and make you chase them sideline to sideline. And the SEC is what kind of league? It's a line of scrimmage league. So anytime you got a chance to bring in a big man like this, you know, space eater, guy that can eat up blocks and open plays up for your linebackers, I just think he's got tremendous potential, Wes. A four-star prospect coming out of high school, top 10 player in South Carolina. Gamecock fans are excited for good reason about Josh Belk. Now, you, you, I think you temper the expectations right away. You know, we don't know that he's going to make an immediate impact, but there's certainly the potential for him to help improve this football team down the road, like you talked about and like Will Muschamp talked about. Maybe not week one or two, but maybe you know week eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, there is a chance for Belk to improve the defensive line for the Gamecocks, and that is a very exciting prospect. So, you know, you add it all up, Wes, and I see a lot of potential. I see a lot of positives around Gamecock football heading into year three for Will Muschamp. Yeah, and I think um, 
it's his best looking team. When I say that, I mean just physically, athletically, depth wise. This team has more ability on it than his first two teams did. There's there's more experience as well. You know, you're talking about now. At num- I mean, count the guys that just were thrown into a fire as true freshmen that are now, you know, major contributors and have sort of grown up together. Jake Bentley, Rico Daddle, Brian Edwards, just off the top of my head, is three offensive skill guys who played as true freshmen, have learned together, have grown together, and now have an opportunity to go play. And I, I, I'm telling you, I, I know we talk about Debo Samuel, and rightfully so. The kid is electrifying. But watch out for Brian Edwards. I think Brian Edwards is in line for a massive junior season, and I, I think he's had a great camp. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores a couple touchdowns today either. Yeah, you know, that's another area that uh, has not been talked about extensively, although it has been mentioned some. The injury to Debo last year forced Brian Edwards into the number one receiver role. So the Gamecocks, in my opinion, have got two number ones now with Debo and with Brian Edwards. And, you know, I've heard that I've heard national pundits say that Brian Edwards could be the top number two receiver in the SEC. And when you look at Jake Bentley coming back for his third year now, and all these players are veteran college football players now, and that is what you got to have to have a successful football team. So I think all signs are go for the Gamecocks in 2018. If they can get solid defensive play, and particularly if they can continue to create turnovers like they did last year, Wes, I think this is the potential to be a very good football team. And, we can talk more about expectations for the season. You know, what win total do you think this team will get to? Maybe we'll get to that a little bit later in the game day podcast today. But I just feel like the Gamecocks are in really good shape right here. The schedule sets up better than it has in years past, in my opinion. And I think there is uh, there's potential for this to be a very big year. The fan base has reason to be excited, and and they are excited. And then you look, uh, I mean, wow, you, you look uh, at what it could mean atmosphere-wise going into to next week as well, just to go ahead and, and take care of business this week and keep everything positive within the fan base and, uh, you know, get out of this game injury-free. Uh, you know, I think those are all big keys for them, uh, you know, going into next week. Wes, let's talk a little bit about Coastal Carolina here. And we have a fantastic podcast, a Coastal Preview with Joe Cashin, who is the voice of the Shauna Clears. He joined us earlier this week on Gamecock Central Radio. So if you want a full coastal preview, you can check out that podcast. It's on the website right now and it's on our phone app. So Wes, Joe Moglia, head coach of the Shauna Clears, had to sit out last year. He had a health problem last year. He had an infection in his lung. It was not life-threatening, but it was such that uh, Coach Moglia decided that it was in the best interest of his long-term health to take last year off. So he, he didn't coach last year. And he turned the program over to his uh, assistant coach, Jamie Chadwell, who had worked previously as the head coach at Charleston Southern. In fact, Chadwell beat Coastal three years in a row when he was at Charleston Southern. So they hired him, and uh, he took over the team last year. So he's back calling plays this year, running the offense. And Joe Moglia is back on the sideline. So that's good news for Coastal. They feel a lot better about their program just because they got their man in charge back on the sideline. But that does not change the fact, Wes, that – this is a three and nine football team a year ago. They had major concerns defensively, and they're a young football team. They've got all five starters back on the offensive line, but they're all underclassmen. So, you know, Coastal's a program that has grown up a lot in the last 10 years. They're in their second season of Division I football or FBS football now, part of the Sun Belt Conference. 
but an opportunity for Coastal to come in and earn some respect against a big-time opponent on the road. I look at this game, and I, I look at uh, their their quarterback, their starter, uh, Kilton Anderson. To, to me, he he's the key to uh, are they going to be able to stay in this football game. And I, I think just as much his legs, you know, as it is his arm. It, you know, he didn't have great rushing numbers in his time last year, but, I you know, I've watched some clips of him. The kid can run. He can move around. They are a very – you know they have a very, uh, I guess, unique running game. They they like to run the football a lot. So, can Kilton Anderson stay on the field? Can he extend these drives? Uh, you know, third and four. Does he take off running and, and extend a drive and stay on the field? I, I think as much as we talk about South Carolina and the fact that they want to add some up tempo stuff, I, I think Coastal will probably be the opposite and, and be very methodical and try to. Uh, maybe run the play clock down a little bit, stay on the field, keep South Carolina's offense off the field, and uh, it, you know, and go try to just stay on the field. And I, I think uh, you look at Anderson, four, 45% passing last year, right around that. That obviously will have to be much better in this game if they're going to do those things we're talking about and sort of shorten the game. I think if you're the big underdog, you got to try to shorten the game, then hope you get you know a couple turnovers, and, and next thing you know, you're in a – you know, like a 13 to 10 ball game at halftime, you're feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, I think that's Coastal's best hope. You know, they run a spread option. If they can run the football and shorten the ball game, limit the number of possessions for each team, that's going to be in their best interest. But, Wes, I look at the Coastal defense. You know, the Gamecocks have got a real size advantage on the line of scrimmage. And you couple that with the fact that the Gamecocks uh, have got everybody back on offense. Coastal had no pass rush last year, only 15 sacks, and that would, would have ranked among the bottom of Division One last year. Third down conversions, Coastal was atrocious defensively last year. Opponents converting about 48% of all third downs last year, and uh, Coastal couldn't force any turnovers either. In fact, they had a five-game stretch where they forced only one single turnover, and that was an interception on a Hail Mary ball at the end of the first half. You know, it was really kind of a meaningless turnover. So, you add it all up, but I just think, you know, this is an ideal matchup for the Gamecocks to start the year. I think South Carolina's offense should be able to score. If all things go well, I think Carolina should score from start yeah, to finish I, if I they think, want to. Yeah, I think with that said, uh, as much as we've talked about the offense, if if they do score at will, I, I don't know what we really have learned, you know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if what we have uh have learned about this offense yet if that does happen I, I think uh like you said they they probably should now are there going to be are there going to be some moments where maybe it doesn't look as crisp are there going to be some maybe self-inflicted wounds I, I think that's very possible as well but I, I think that the big thing I will be looking for because I, I mean I think there's mismatches across the board in the passing game you know D- Debo Brian Edwards Shy Smith these guys are going to be able to get open you know, against Coastal, I think. And so that that should be there all day. Uh, if Coastal tries to play zone, they'll get RPO'd to death. I, I think the big thing for South Carolina and what, what you could take from this game is to watch the, watch the starting five, watch the offensive line. You really, if you're a Carolina fan, to me, want to see that South Carolina had the running game just whenever they wanted. You know, like uh, when, they, when they wanted to run the football, it was there as opposed to it just sort of being an uneven up and down thing like you're going to see against, you know, an SEC type opponent. You want to feel like 
you could run the ball at, at will against this team. I think if you see that, that that would be a pretty positive sign. All right, the table pretty much set for the Gamecocks and the Shawna Clears noon kickoff today. It's on the SEC Network, and we're expecting a packed house for the 2018 season opener at Williams-Brice. Let's go ahead and bring in Joe Cashin and Colin Taylor. Colin Taylor's our staff writer. We'll get with Colin first here. These fellows are going to give us keys to victory, and we'll come back and wrap it up here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Colin Taylor, staff writer with Gamecock Central with Gamecock Keys to Victory. So obviously the first one, I think they got to establish the run. That's something that they, when they did last year, they won. So that's something that they'll be doing that, that I think they need to do from the from the get-go. Passing game is always going to be there, um, but they need to establish the run and be able to move the ball effectively doing that. And um on the defensive side of things, I think that, you know, it's really just about limiting big plays. Um, and if they can do that and, and stop Coastal's running attack, which they, they've described as a kind of spread option almost, um, if they can stop the run and limit big plays, and I think the defense will be able to get to the quarterback on third and long and, and really cause some trouble there and, and force turnovers. So those are the big ones. I think South Carolina pulls this one out. Um, I think it, it, it could, depending on how things go, get a little bit ugly late, but I think this is a pretty good win um, for South Carolina um, and Will Muschamp's first game of his third season. Thank you, Colin. That's Colin Taylor, our staff writer with Gamecock Keys. And now for Coastal Carolina's Keys to Victory, we bring in the voice of the Shauna Clears, Joe Cashin. Okay, offensively, I think Coastal has to manage the clock and possess the football, control the tempo of the game. That's what Coastal did last year at Arkansas. That you know, the game could have gotten out of control early. Arkansas went down and scored quickly, but Coastal was able to take the ball and possess it, you know, run some time off the clock, and then score when they do that. Keep that Gamecock offense off the field. And then defensively, you know, get them off the field when there's an opportunity to do so. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that Coastal could not do last season. Force, you know, a team three and out or get them off the field on third down, get them behind the chains. You know, slow that offense down a little bit. South Carolina's going to want to snap the ball a bunch and run this new RPO stuff. And if that stuff is clicking for them, Coastal's going to have some problems. But if we can get some stops and we have the opportunity to do so, we can make a game of this. That's Joe Cashin, radio voice of the Coastal Carolina Shauna Clears, bringing his keys to victory today. And had a good chat with Joe earlier this week on Gamecock Central Radio. We invite you to check out that podcast. So, Wes, we're ready to go here, man. Noon kickoff. I like the early start. You know, I'm not a big fan of noon kickoffs. Uh, there's always a traffic jam at Williams Bryce. You know, everybody trying to cram into the stadium in, a, in an hour or two span. I like the later starts because you can kind of, you know, traffic kind of trickles into the stadium instead of that mad rush to get in. But if there's going to be a noon game, Wes, the, the first game of the season is the best time to have it. And I think we should also point out that good football teams don't play at noon late in the season, Wes. If you're a good top 20 ball club, you're going to play afternoon or night games late in the season you know if you're a fan you get out there get the game out of the way hopefully your team wins and then you get back and and watch some of these other games but but down the road you want to be at the very least that 330 cbs or you want to be prime time uh top 25 versus top 25 and uh south carolina got accustomed to that man for a few years so it, it would be a very positive sign for just this program overall if uh, the fan base were able to get accustomed to primetime national TV games and to uh, and to being talked about on ESPN Game Day every morning. 
Yeah, fun matchup for fans in our state and a couple of in-state schools and just the second-ever meeting between these two programs. West Carolina hung 70 on Coastal back in 2013. That was probably the best Gamecock football team of all time. West, that 2013 team that finished ranked number four in the country. And Coastal, you know, you look back to that 2013 game, they were headed into the FCS playoff, and they were kind of in a hurry to get out of town. They wanted to get out of Columbia healthy so that they could focus their attention on the playoffs, which started a week later. So much different scenario today. I hope uh, both teams have no injuries and that uh, both teams learn a lot about themselves today. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Gamecock Central's Game Day Podcast. For Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark, my name's Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us. And be sure to check out the website for plenty of coverage on today's game from both Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark. Colin Taylor is there as well. So we got uh, stem to stern coverage of the Gamecocks and the Shawna Clears on Gamecock Central. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again next Saturday for the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs. Have a great weekend and enjoy the ball game. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.